0: meditation is the recipe I just gotta take my time is the recipe what's up guys welcome back to the Christian Athlete Paradox my name is Ryan Metz and I'm the host of the Christian Athlete Paradox and I got a special guest with me today Ryan shea He is a freshman catcher out of Liberty University. In Lynchburg, Virginia, and he's from Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Uh, guys, my brother graduated from Liberty in 2019. So I've gotten to know the school and what it stands for. And if you're looking for a Christian college, just a little bit of a, a side plug right off the bat, but Liberty is awesome. I love the school. If I could have gone there with my degree and whatnot, I would have, but Liberty is awesome. So uh, I'm super stoked to have Ryan on the podcast today. I, I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Uh, but guys, Ryan is the author of two books, working on a third, his first book, More Than a Conqueror, and his next newest book is called Restart, Finding Your Purpose Through Christ. Um, and so I can't wait to talk to Ryan today about these books, but he was originally committed to Maryland as a sophomore in high school, and he ended up decommitting and is now at Liberty. So there's a little bit of a long story there, Ryan. I'd love to hear more about that. But man, you're an author, you're a baseball player, you're, you're working on a third book. First off, welcome. But tell me a little bit about that, man.
1: Yeah, no, the the uh, process has been great for me. It's been a very uh, long and challenging process, obviously. But doing that uh, is really it's held me a amount of faith, you know, as much as other people. I got to be honest. Like uh, writing, writing, and listening at the same time. You know, the spirit obviously when you're when you're doing things like that. Uh, there's been a lot of times where I've been writing something or talking to somebody about something where. Uh, I'm more affected by something that I say than somebody else, which is to me, it's more important, you know, your own walk and your own <clears throat> faith in particular. Like your your goal is to know Jesus as close as you can. And before you even do anything, you know, affecting anybody else, uh, your your first calling is to know him yourself. And that that's been powerful to me, not only just seeing the work that he's done through me, <clears throat> through the books, but also just uh, you know, obviously to others has been a it's been a great blessing.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So today, I want to talk to you about several different things. But first, I want to get off into your newest book about restart finding your purpose in Christ. I want you to talk to us a little bit about that. So we'll get into that in a sec. But I want to talk to you, you know, just about college, what's life been like as a freshman and and kind of that transition out of high school and into college. And then obviously, I want to hear about what the college baseball scene's been like. Um, And so I'm excited to hear kind of what you have to say what it's like from not only the division one athletic standpoint that you're in, but also going to a Christian school. I'd love to kind of talk about some of the pros and cons of the different walks that we see just because of the secular versus Christian college. So I'm really curious to see what you have to say. Let's get right into uh, you as an author. So what prompted you to write the first book more than a conqueror and now your second book, restart, finding your purpose in Christ. What prompted you to do that?
1: Yeah. So uh, right when COVID hit, uh, I was there was a lot of time on my hands, obviously, to do a lot of things, get into scripture, uh, get to know God a little better. It was, I was in a situation where we were, we were hit with something so drastic, right? A lot of people were looking for hope, peace, and I uh, was bombarded, really, with a lot of questions and calls and just social media, just like, what's going on? You know, who am I? What's my identity now? What's, what's going on with the world? I was, I was talking to a lot of people on social media, a lot of people reaching out, and uh, obviously with the, the uh, devotionals where you, you're interested in and where you're involved. Uh, it was easier for me at the time to just say, "Hey, instead of you know talking to a lot of people at different times with different questions, I'm gonna just put it into a book." It was kind of a random, random thought, random, just like, "Hey, I'm gonna just do something that might be easier for me in a way, more convenient." So I did that. Did that through the summer of 2020, right when COVID hit. It came out in about June, July of 2020. That book got a lot of, it got a lot of uh, recognition from everybody around me, which was good. It was. It was well taken in. It was it affected a lot of people, especially with so much going on. And uh, I know for me, that was something that I wanted to focus on a message more so of like, you're not here by accident, right? You're still loved. You're still got a purpose. You're, you're still in a, your situation for where you need to be. And we're not, you know, we're not too far gone. Restart was totally different. <laughs> got to be honest. Restart was not. I was not planning on writing a book. I was not going to write anything else anymore any sooner than what I just did. All of a sudden, like I just had this unreal conviction to write something about purpose out of nowhere. I wasn't planning it. wasn't thinking about it before. I just, I, I had a breakthrough in my own walk to where I understood grace and experienced grace for a real radical time. And because I experienced that so much and so deeply, I had no other desire but to share with everyone else. That was right when school started uh, back in September, the same year. And that one actually took me three weeks to write. I was on it all day, all night, Like, I really, really wanted to get this out. You know, to me, that was a big process just of trying to get, you know, the right message, the right message out to the right people, right audience. But that was something I was very very passionate about at the time. It was just getting the world to know, especially as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, you know, your purpose, your calling, what you're supposed to do, you know, what you can experience as someone who is a child of God.
0: Yeah, dude, that's incredible. Three weeks to write a book. That's insane. That's unheard of. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, it, it kind of like pulls me to the fact of like man when the holy spirit is at the center of something we're no longer in the middle of messing it up like yeah when the sure. holy spirit has something that he once told there's nothing holding you back from it and so yeah. i think that's Agreed. like such a cool example of that that's that's incredible
1: i remember side so note. i remember telling like a lot of my friends and my family like after the book was published and they'd come up to me and they said like hey like, this is a great section and i, I honestly don't even remember writing it you know, because it was just so not one, it was so long ago, but two, is more like it wasn't necessarily my words. You know, it was more of like God doesn't need you to be prepared and to be advanced and to be qualified. You, know, you just need to be available, available to be used. And that to me, that was that was big, just allowing, you know, praying and asking and allowing the spirit to work through me like that.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah. You know, it's that I love that what you said, just being available. That's awesome. Yeah. What do you think that was the most difficult part of writing the book? <clears throat> yeah. No, uh, I will say like the first, the first book difficult
1: was as a young junior in high school, I was, of course I was writing a book, but I was also concerned with how people were going to react, you know, and how uh, the audience was going to take it in, who I was targeting. So that was, that was important for the first book. But the second book, honestly, was more to like, to explain purpose, you really need to use scripture, you know, and I Honestly, as a junior in high school, did not know Scripture very well. So, to me, in a way, I had to um, really get into Scripture and know what the Bible said about purpose. And I really had to search it deeply to find stories and to find the right context for things. You know, it was it was challenging just to make sure that everything lined up the way it was, and I wasn't you know taking anything out of context.
0: Yeah, and I think for the listeners listening, I I would say one of the coolest things I would add to about purpose is. Stop going to purpose in other places because the only one that can truly give purpose is Jesus. And so I love what you're saying about going back to the Bible to find your purpose, because so often I think we miss that. I think we um, look for purpose in someone else or in something else, uh, whether it be sports, whether it be school, whatever it is. And the reality of it is, is that purpose comes from Jesus because he is the giver of all things that are good and the giver of life. So I love that. That's awesome obviously these books have been, like you said, impactful to the people around you as well as other people. Cause I know you're, you've probably seen their reach far beyond what you thought they could, but how have you seen God use the book a for his glory, but also have you faced any opposition to it?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. I, the glory part of it uh, has been beyond words, you know, and all there's been so many people um, that I've, I've not, some I've never even met, you know, been affected by the book in a way to Where I was completely out of control, you know, how they were going to react and stuff. And um, I'd have random people text and email and, you know, saying like, hey, I got your book. Like I was impacted in a big way. And then from then on, the relationship was built to where even today we're still talking, you know, and that to me, that's that was extremely special just seeing, you know, how how God uses a simple act of obedience, you know, and connects something to further relationships and, uh, you know, committing something to his kingdom. The second book, honestly, if we're talking about opposition, I think that was more an opposition for me. Cause like I said earlier, the second book to me, I felt like it was more written for myself. Uh, the first book was, it got a lot of hype, got a lot of good you know, quality feedback. A lot of people bought it. And the second book th- that wasn't the case, it was a lot different. It wasn't as many people um, interested or, or I bought the book. Honestly, <clears throat> I sat there in a, in a non-prideful, but, you know, just confident way of saying, I know that a lot of people can be affected by this. And it's just not like, there's not a lot of people that are interested or getting the book. It's not getting as much hype. And I, I questioned God. I really did. I doubted, you know, what are you like, what are you doing? Why aren't you putting this book out for people to hear and for people to experience something about you? Like, this is about you, what's going on. And just weeks of wrestling. I, uh, Finally, you know, I, I got to the point where honestly, even to this day, like that book affected me more than it ever could have somebody else. Writing that book, uh, it started a whole new pathway for me in my own walk of diligently reading scripture and seeking God and, and knowing that you know He is He is truly working on things for the good. So opposition-wise, like I did I did face doubts, you know, and stuff, but in the end, like it was it was more of a work in me.
0: Yeah, dude. Honestly, like I love hearing that because I think it's something that I've experienced simply with baseball in college um, sure. and being in athletics is sometimes you learn something and you're like, I just know myself. I'm so excited to go tell other people about it. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. God uses that. And I think God will sure. use your book for that. But I also have looked back and realized, man, I was so excited to tell someone else about this, but that was for me. Like I needed that at that time. yeah yeah um, And so if, if that's if that's not a great lesson to learn, I don't know what is. So that's awesome. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, okay, so let's go into a little bit of college life. You know, now you're going into Liberty. So I've talked to a wide range of people and ages on this podcast, but I, I love your position coming from high school, kind of being top dog at your high school, to now being a freshman on a new college campus in a new environment. What was that like? What's what's that transition like?
1: Yeah, no, it's it's definitely different. It's definitely different. You got to obviously get your feet wet, but uh, it's been good. It's been good for me. Liberty's a good spot. It's a good place to be. Um, the school itself is incredible. You know, like you said earlier, like being around a lot of people, not even the kids, but, you know, on most of the faculty, we're constantly seeking Jesus. It's very encouraging and it's very easy to walk that way. You know, they give a lot of different opportunities to grow to reach out uh, to be surrounded together you know doing things for the lord and it's very convenient i will say that with baseball baseball side has been good you you don't find a lot of lock rooms that are as welcoming and encouraging as, as the kids here which is awesome and you know it's it's good for me it's good for all the other younger
0: guys seeing
1: people who are willing to you know embrace you and you know kind of take you in you know for further further people to come in
0: yeah that's awesome that's really cool um, i think yeah. I don't know you guys beat us every year I'll be honest and uh, I think it's just it's just funny though to to hear that just from a perspective of there's nothing better than a cohesive locker room um yeah and I've seen it here at Virginia Tech and I've seen it not here at Virginia Tech I've seen both sides of it and it's it's a direct correlation to success I'll be honest so that's awesome
1: yeah I agree
0: has anything been like difficult or a surprise about the Liberty environment yeah yeah for sure
1: as much as you want to say liberty is the perfect place to be right college is still college you know and there's still a lot of freedom there's still a lot of rebellion there's still a lot of people you know searching for not only just satisfaction but for identity you know they do it through a lot of other things that can't provide it but it's it's so important you know i've I've wrestled and figured this out you know in the short time here but it's important to balance you know prioritize what matters most to you you know it's like no matter where you go, you know, the sin in us is going to do sinful things. And if you you need to prioritize, you know, having a, a strong group of believers and people who are on the same path as you to really do what you want to do, you know, and I've thankfully found that here to where I'm not only comfortable, but I'm uh, encouraged by the people around me just because following Christ in college is not easy, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, that's probably why you made the podcast. So, but as long as you could prioritize and identify what matters most, you know, you could find it a little easier to go what you're called to do.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Let's go into baseball a little bit then, because I think that's kind of a great segue into um, yeah. kind of the rebellion and just <clears throat> the freedom that we can have that secular sure. college athletics can be, but how has your faith played a role kind of in the everyday grind of college athletics? How has yeah. that taken yeah. shape?
1: you know, as, as you probably know, faith in athletics can be a paradox, you know, like you say, and it's, it's hard because when you're in college and you're experiencing the atmosphere of college baseball, where all you hear is more and more more and better, better, better. It's got to be, it's got to be great. You know, with everything you do, your identity in, in college baseball, if you don't have Price, is as action-based, you know, and if you are a follower of Christ, that you're taught that your identity is in him and no matter what you do or how you perform and the balance there sure like baseball is something i do not who i am but also as baseball does not contribute nor depreciate my value in christ you know like i'm i am who i am in him and just whatever i do on the field or off represents him i i wrote this verse down earlier it's proverbs twenty-one thirty-one says, the horse is prepared for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. You know, we get so caught up in preparation and being ready. And like, if you work for it, you know, the outcome's in your hands. and like, you can do this, you can do that. And like, as Christians, like, it's so much easier because Jesus is, is inviting us to a life of surrender to where we're not in control. And I've found that so much easier to just let it all go and not be in control than to really grasp onto control and think that I'm in, I'm in charge of outcome. Um, so more of him, less of me is always a good way to look at it in my point of
0: view. Yeah. And that's so countercultural to college athletics. I've said this before on the podcast, yeah. but it's it's this me, me, me culture. And yeah, you know, even at a Christian university where you, the faculties, Christians, the people around you uh for the most part walk in the same way, you know, you're still fighting this me, me, me culture of trying yeah. to promote yourself, trying to get yourself onto the field. And yeah, it is. That's Ah, it's so difficult. Uh, <laughs> yeah. why, why, we're, yeah. why we're talking about this. So one of the things that I think I struggled with when I first got to college was because I kind of got caught up in this like me, me, me mindset uh, or honestly just trying to keep my head above water and survive. College athletics is, is already hard enough as it is. But have you been able to like make your teammates in athletics still your mission field, even if it's a Christian university? Yeah,
1: y- you know, question.
0: I'll throw a side note in here we don't proclaim to judge anyone based on their faith. You know, we don't want to call someone authentic or not, but you know, we we can look at someone and say that, yes, their walk more closely aligns with the Bible or not, but most everyone at Liberty professes to be a Christian. I would say that's a pretty true statement, but we know that that's not always the case. So how have you made that your mission field still?
1: Yeah, sure. I, I think it's very important, you know, especially as people who are trying to represent Jesus and what we do is, you have to be able to identify someone who believes in God, right. And knows Jesus. And you can obviously tell, like you said, you could, scripture says that you could tell by their fruits, right. You could tell how they live. That's not saying that your relationship is works based, but it is saying obviously by the way you live, you can tell where somebody is in their walk. And, uh, you know like like anything you do not just college you know it's hard it's hard being a disciple in such a sinful world that's corrupted by evil like i said earlier i've i used to prioritize me being in control of saving people but as i've grown and kind of walked with christ and kind of just see how he works through me not necessarily how i work for him it's more of a your job is to reflect him in what you do you know and the spirit will do the rest i always say obedience is our priority and outcome is the lord's you know, you can control what you can control. And if you could focus on your relationship and your way of reflecting him through what you do, obviously, in turn, if it's in his will, things will happen. I, I think it is hard, you know, especially when you're around an environment where you care about the people so much and you know these people so deeply to where you know that there's more in life to experience. There's more Jesus to experience than just the shallow waters that we're standing in. And, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard watching someone not be able to understand and experience experience that. And, um, obviously you want to do as much as you can, but, uh, you know, Jesus said, they'll know you by how you love and the more you love and reflect him through your actions. I think the rest is up to him.
0: Yeah. That's really, really good stuff right there. I would say the Holy spirit calls us into things and we don't always know what we're walking into with someone. Maybe sure. we're there to plant yeah. a seed or maybe we're there to water the seed and college athletics and specifically baseball. I, I've said this before too, but Baseball is one of the most unique environments in all of college, in my opinion, because you spend more time with someone, you have a relatively slow game where you can have conversations, where you can just do so many different things. And how are we going to use that time wisely? I want to have a conversation with someone in the locker room about Jesus. I'm not going to just shoot around and just waste the time that I have. And, And so I think that's a really good perspective on it, too, to say, Holy spirit, whatever you're calling me to, I'm going to be obedient to what you're calling me to today. Yeah. Um, yeah. that's, that's awesome. Obviously you want to have close friends. Jesus had close friends, but he also had his ministry field. How do you walk with those that seem to follow the Bible? And how do you encourage those that may just believe in God rather than know Jesus? How, how do you just sure. differentiate yeah. them?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously your, your closest friend group is who you're going to become, you know, you're, you're surrounded by people who are constantly seeking Christ. That's what you're going to end up as. And walking with those people, especially for me has been, has been great because it's led me into it controls my emotions, my feelings, you know, and, and it surrounds me with confidence that, you know, what I'm doing is not, you know, it's not just me. Like, you know, this is real this is something that is true. Jesus is real and Jesus is true. And he, he's not only impacting me, but through other people, you know, we're, we're getting on this together, you know, for, for those who maybe not, maybe not as strong in their walk, you know, obviously it's hard. And I, I can confidently say just from talking to, you know, some of my friends, if you, every day, if you, if your life is surrendered to a point where you know that you are a of Christ and you, you love him to a point where you keep his commandments, like people are going to know there's been times where people have come up to me and, you know, they, they used to ask me certain things, you know, not so uh, scripture based to do things with them, to experience that with them. And the original no was there. But then after time, after just seeing like, why I did things or like what I did, the questions weren't asked. Anymore. You know, and I think if we make it a priority to live a certain way, um, not out of, you know, religious efforts, but out of love, you know, for for Jesus, then eventually people will know where you stand, you know, and the more you, you know, you do conform and you, transform and you become, you know, all he's created you to be over time. You know, I think it's, it's out of your hands again. It's up to them by the way you live. Uh, they will see your fruit.
0: You know, I've never heard it put that way out of love. We yeah. do certain things rather than scriptural obedience, but I think that's a really good point. You know, I always had, would always have teammates come up and ask me to do, you know, something that's not right. Um, something that isn't Bible believing scripture teaching um, sure. and, you know, my answer, like you said, was always no, but out of love, we say no, because we want to pull them to a higher purpose to what Christ has in store for us. Um, And so I think that's a really I just love the way you put that out of love. I'm saying no.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that I think the better like the better way to look at it is, is out of love, you know, like if we look at it, not even with the people we're dealing with, but more so with Christ himself. Like if we look at doing certain things as an obligation, like we're more likely to fall into it. You know, like if if you look at not going to parties and drinking as a rule, you know, naturally in our sinful nature, we're going to want to do it. Um, But what I've, I've learned over the last year and a half really is, the more you love Christ, not just for what he does, you know, but for who he is, you know, you grow a love for him. That's so deep. He's like, I don't want to do that. You know, it's not that I can't, I'm not allowed to, I don't want to not just because I'm not supposed to,
0: but because I have a relationship with Christ, I don't want to mess up.
1: I love it too much and I value it more so than experiencing something just for a temporary moment.
0: Yeah. The Bible says that everything is permissible under Christ and what he has offered us, but not everything is beneficial. And so, yeah just because we have the freedom to do something doesn't mean that we should because Christ has yeah. called us to something higher. And, and that's what I want. I want what Christ wants for me, not what I want in the present moment.
1: Yeah. Well said, well said.
0: Okay. So as we kind of go to wrap this up, I ask everybody this, but if you could say one thing to your teammates, to whoever's listening, what would you say to them? And this is kind of the the chance for you to sit here and say, what, what's God put on your heart right now? Because, life isn't just athletics and life extends beyond athletics and God is there too. And God is in that too. Um, so what would you say to them?
1: Yeah. I, this is something that personally, this, like this question itself, it's crazy. This question itself has sparked the interest of the third book writing is something, something is, there's gotta be more somewhere, you know, there's gotta be another question to be asked. And it's, If you're listening today, my only question is what out of your entire existence, what matters most to you? Because if if you look at your life, not only your life, if you look at an eternal speaking, right, like what you value for your entire existence will determine how you live today. And for so, so many of us, you know, we value things that not only are temporary, but they don't really matter. And because we value things that don't last, we end up living a life that's not as meaningful as it could be. You know, and if you look at it as a way of your life, not only your life here on earth, but your life into eternity into heavens, your number one priority is to know God and know Jesus well. Everything you do in your life will reflect like that. You know, all your choices, your morals, your actions, the way you speak, the way you treat others, it all goes back to that same question. So if you value if you value success or if you value material goods or accomplishments, accolades, you know, acceptance from others, you know, the way you live will reflect that value. But if there's anything that you care about and that you prioritize most, it's wanting that long, deep relationship with Christ. You know, there's so much more for us to experience, more love, more peace, more freedom, more grace in Christ. And we we stop at this line because we just don't know if there's anything else. Um, but when we make that our priority, you know, our lives not only get changed, but you can see it. You can see it in the way we live. So.
0: No, dude, that's awesome. I was talking with uh, some of my friends last week uh, on the podcast, and they were talking about generation, I don't know, regeneration Z. I, I don't actually know what generation we are, um, but <laughs> yeah. they, they were talking about how a uh, studies come out that shows that we are the generation of instant gratification, and we want what we want now, yeah. and Christ's walk is not that. Yeah. The Bible says that in this life, you will have trial, you have, you will have trouble and you will have tribulations, but sure. take heart. I have overcome the world. And that's, I, I, I love the, the the way you phrase that of what matters most to you, because that eliminates this instant gratification and pulls us to this higher purpose of, okay, God, what do you have in store for me? What do you want for my life? Yeah. And What you want for my life is what I want for my life. Um, Yeah,
1: agreed. I I personally truly think the way you, the way you view your relationship with him will determine how much you actually value it. You know, like a lot of us today, just because it's not talked about enough where we value it as an obligation or, you know, something we have to do. And we look at following Christ as more of a law, more so than a relationship, mm -hmm. you know, and I think John 8, 12, it says, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. And so often we think that that word you won't have to is changed to you cannot, it's not an obligation and it's not something you have to do. He's inviting you into a new life where you can experience more. And I think if you look at it that way, of there's so much more for me experience with Jesus, more love, more connection, more intimate relationship with them, um, that will purse, that will help you pursue what you want and align your, align your, uh, your wants to where they need to be.
0: Man, that's really well put. I think that's really, really good advice. And I would encourage anyone who's listening to go back and re-listen to that and take note of that because that's so important. Ryan, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today and just talking about your books, what God's put on your heart. um, And honestly, just talking about your life and, and what God is doing through you. I think that's such a encouragement to me and to anyone who's listening here. But just I would if I could encourage you, I would encourage you to keep walking the walk that you're walking. Um, God has called you to finish the race, to keep going. You know, whatever comes in the next four years, pro life, whatever. um, God's got some awesome things in store for you. and, And I can't wait to see what happens. But guys, thank you so much for listening to the Christian Athlete Paradox. Ryan, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, of course. All right, guys, we'll catch you next time on the next episode. And as always, go the recipe